Okay, so this morning we're going to be in Ephesians 4, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. We're continuing our series this morning of unpacking our vision as Redemption Church. And as you guys are probably familiar with this chart that we've been working through over the last several weeks, this chart kind of walking through our whole vision from where we believe we receive our identities to what that looks like and how we live our lives. Over these last couple of weeks, we've been learning about these four primary rhythms that we orient our lives around, that we gather, go, give, and today we're going to be looking at grow, this fourth rhythm of grow. So today we want to specifically talk about how do we grow as disciples of Jesus? So this morning as we jump into this, what's interesting about this topic is that whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, whether you would claim Jesus as Lord or not, you want to grow. You want to change. You want your life to move out of where it currently is in some area. And what's interesting is whether you're six years old or 96 years old, you want to grow and change in something. For teens or for kids, if you could change one area of your life, what would it be? What area of your life would you want to change? Would it be your situation in life, your friends, your weight, your school, your parents, adults? What would you want to grow in? What area of your life right now are you like, oh, if I could just grow in this one area? Is it your career? Is it a bad habit? Is it an addiction? Is it the mental headspace that you live in? Is it getting into a new relationship or a new season of life? So how do we grow? Do we just need to form better habits? Do we need more education? Do we just need to stop doing bad things? So think about your own life though. How do you personally try to grow? Is it through learning? Is it through adding another podcast? Is it through starting a new diet, reading a new book, finding a new best practice, going to a new seminar? For me personally, I'm a, I'm a reader. I love books. But what's interesting is I've come to realize is that doesn't necessarily mean I love books because I love reading, which I do. But I love books because I think if I know something in my head, it will change me. And that's why I love books, which is interesting to think about because whether it's an area of sin, an area I'm weak in, it's something I want to grow in, I think that if I can just get more information in here, it's going to change me. And how often does that work? Not very often. And yet I keep buying books. So we often think that change and growing happens by just learning more, but that's not necessarily true. This is because how we grow is directly correlated to why we grow. I want you to think about that. How we go about growing is directly tied into why we grow. We live in a culture that's obsessed with change and growth, but how does that actually happen? Well, we have to ask, why do we grow? And then from there, we're able to see how we grow. And what's interesting, even more than my love of books, is how my job as a pastor is spending a majority of my time 
sitting with people who are asking that question. How can I change? How can I grow? Sadly, within Christianity, growth often just means you change your exterior, right? You've got to change your morals. You've got to change how people view you. Growth often means that you just learn more in your head, memorize more, read more, study more, and then just stop sinning in visible ways. Just add more disciplines, right? That's sadly what it often means. Your marriage is bad? Well, just read a new book. Learn more. Your parenting is bad or you have a bad habit? Well, read a book. Listen to a new podcast. Fill your head with more knowledge. But if you're anything like me, and I imagine you are, all, more often than not, the change, the growth is very minimal and is exhausting. Are you exhausted this morning at your inability to change, at your inability to grow? So this morning, I don't want to offer a theological treatise. I don't want to offer a series of explanations of how we grow. Today, what I want us to see and realize is that real growth happens only in Jesus. And what I want us to see is that any growth apart from Jesus is only superficial. And ultimately, is just about you establishing your own righteousness or your own identity. So what I want us to see is that any real change has to be tied into Jesus. So this morning, we're going to consider the realities of why we grow, because that will impact how we grow. Does that make sense? So as I said, we're going to be in Ephesians 4. We're going to start reading in verse 11. So Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11, says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, this morning, as your brothers and sisters who have your spirit living within us, we want to grow we want to become mature. We want to understand why can't we grow so that then we can actually say, Jesus, how do you want us to grow? So Spirit, we ask for your help. I ask for your help as I try to teach and share these things that you have been showing me all week. Pray even for those who are here in this room, those who are joining us online, Spirit, that you would help us connect these truths of Scripture to our own life, that you would free us from distraction, that you would free us from the weights that we carry now as we listen to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so in the passage we just read and kind of leading up to this section in Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. If you look at chapters 1, 2, and 3, he's writing to them describing who they are and now how their lives and all of their actions flow out of who they are. Paul here is going to address the why of growth and then the how. 
So let's look at this first thing, why we grow. Look in verse 11. Paul writes, Christ gave or he equipped the church with a variety of gifted men and women to equip, look at what it says, his people for works of service. But why? Once you think about why, those next two words are really critical. So that, so that, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature. So why do we grow? To become who we are. Think about that. Why do we grow? To become who we are. But aren't we already the body of Christ right now? We are. But are we fully mature? We are not. Have we reached the full stature of understanding Jesus? No, we have not. So why do we change if we're already the body of Christ? Because we have not yet reached full maturity. So why do we grow? Because we are seeking to show who we really are. The reason we grow and change is not about being good people. It's about showing who Jesus has made us to be. So growth in the Christian life is about reclaiming the true image of who we are. Think about that. That's so different than what we normally think. Growth, we think, is about I've got to start doing better things and stop doing bad things. And Paul says, no, we grow to show who we are in Jesus. And what's interesting is if you look in this passage, Paul uses a lot of different language, this language of fullness, this language of maturity, this language of building, these different metaphors and illusions talking about how we as people give a physical image of what Jesus is like. And he, this is kind of an aside, but it's directly connected. He says that each of us is to be a minister or servant of the gospel. Let's talk about that for a second. When you hear the word minister of the gospel, who do you think about? Pastors, right? Ministers of the gospel. Oh, those are the pastors. Those are the, the people that are paid to do works of ministry, right? But look at verse 11 again. God gave gifted men and women, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, etc., as the equippers for the real ministers of the gospel which is who? It's you guys. You guys are the professional ministers of the gospel. My job, Scott's job, Krista's job, Mike and Mary's job, our deacons, our leaders, our missional communities, our job is to equip you guys because you guys are the ministers of the gospel. Think about that. It's not about the many paying the few to do ministry. It's about the few equipping the many to go do the works of ministry, the works of showing and imaging who Jesus is. Think about that. If you begin to connect that in your head, that's going to completely change your life. That will completely change the way you get into your car at 7 a.m. on a Monday morning. You are going as a minister of the gospel. You're not paying Nate or Scott to do ministry. You are the minister being equipped by us to do that. That will change the way you think about every part of your life. So going forward, though, Paul writes that we grow as ministers into the fullness of Christ. The ESV Bible, in verse 13, phrases it 
until we all attain to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, he says. So we grow to become mature, like a full-grown adult, seeing the full beauty of Jesus. Do you see how that changes the way we grow? That changes why we grow. We grow in order to show a true picture of what Jesus is like. But it's also, we also grow in Jesus because only in Jesus do we come to know who we really are. Think about this. Only in Jesus can you come to know who you really are. So this idea of growth has to do with becoming, I'll use this uh, word from the psychology world, our most authentic selves. Have you heard people say that? Oh, I'm just trying to just gotta find my true self. I just need to put away my false self. I need to find my true self. Have you heard people use that phrase? It's actually an amazing phrase because it's directly tied into the gospel. The reality of growth bears with it the idea of becoming our authentic selves. As I already said, in the counseling psychology world, this idea of true self versus false self is really popular right now. It's gaining a lot of momentum of people who are seeking to overcome and grow in areas have to wrestle with, is this my false self talking or is this my true self talking? And it's actually a really helpful concept. And the counseling world can use it all they want but void of the gospel, the change and transformation is minimal at best. When we begin to put our faith in Jesus, and as you know here at Redemption, we talk about that we begin to believe, we continue to believe, we first are saved, we're continually being saved. As we begin to do that, we actually begin to realize who we really are. You actually then begin to discover your true human authentic self. That you're no longer just a human being trying to grow and get better. You are actually a son, a daughter, an heir with Christ, an heir to the Father, who now is seeking to show the world what it likes, what it looks like to be your authentic self. So growing is about returning to who we are. Think about it, like right now in our culture, shows about identity amnesia are super popular. I wasn't gonna use this example, but I will. If you think about the, the Bourne Identity series, Jason Bourne, he's this like special agent who goes through this identity amnesia. He forgets who he is. And the rest of the many, many movies is about him coming back to, who am I? What am I doing? What's my mission? If you think about it, our growth is the same thing. Who are you? Who have you been made in Jesus? And again, we already talked about identity a couple weeks ago. Remember our identity as a family of servant missionaries? So our growth now looks like going back to those identities and realizing, oh yeah, this is who I really am. But how? Million dollar question. Billion dollar question if you ask the psychologists and counselors in the world. This is the billion dollar question that people are paid billions of dollars to answer. How do I grow? How do we grow? We looked at why do we grow? to image Jesus, to become our authentic selves. But how do we grow? Let's look at the second point. Paul writes that the reason we change why we grow 
is to become who we already are. And then look at verse 14. Let's look back in the text. He says, so that we are not tossed around with every new teaching that comes up. Then, instead of being tossed around, how do we do that? He writes in verse 15. Speaking the truth in love to one another. We don't want to be tossed around. We want to be mature by speaking the truth in love to one another. What does that mean? Got to just, you know, got to speak the truth in love to people. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Normally, when you've heard that phrase, what does that mean? Hey, got to speak the truth in love. Hey, man. Got to tell you something hard. I love you, bro, but got to tell you something hard. Hey, I love you, but I got to speak the truth in love here for a minute. We think that speaking the truth in love means, ah, got to say hard things to people sometimes. And that's true. You do got to say things to people that are hard sometimes, but that's not at all what Paul is talking about here. What Paul is talking about is something much deeper than just saying hard things to people. Jump down to verse 20, 21. Paul is writing about how we're not to live as the Gentiles. We're not to live in immorality. We're not to live in anger. We're not to live in sin. But instead, he says we are to live as we were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. We are to live in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Go back. Speaking the truth in love to one another. What is the truth we are to speak to one another? The truths about Jesus. The things that are true in Jesus. We are to speak the truth of Jesus to each other so that we will grow up into Jesus. So, how do we Change, how do we grow? By speaking the truths of us to one another. This means that growth doesn't just happen by podcasts and reading and filling our brain with knowledge. Growth happens as you learn to both receive and give to people the truths about Jesus. This is because, think about your life, all the areas where you need to grow are all areas where you need the truths about Jesus spoken into those areas of your life. Over the last several months, I've been meeting with a small group of guys who are wanting to launch a new missional community in Redemption, which is super exciting. And uh, Me and these guys, we've got together now probably about half a dozen times, talking, praying, sharing, we've been going through a book together. And this last Monday night, I was with these guys, we were sitting outside a restaurant, and we just began talking about all of the ways that we just feel super weak. All of the ways that we just feel, one of the guys used the word burned out, just tired, struggling for joy, struggling for motivation. Can any of you relate to that? And after we all, in one sense, just shared, like, here's how I'm showing up tonight. I'm just feeling beat up. We shared, and I said, how would the good news of Jesus speak to us right now? And friends, it... There are a few things as joyful as a pastor to then get to sit back and watch people just begin to get to speak Jesus into each other and into me. These guys, in the midst of their weakness, just began to talk and pour truth into each other 
and into me. How in the midst of weakness, we still have a true strength. How in our tiredness, in our lack of joy, in our lack of faith, Jesus is still faithful to meet us. He meets us, but he actually empathizes with us in our weakness. He doesn't just meet us and say, buck up, come on, find some joy. He says, no, I've been there. I know what that's like to not have joy and feelings of faith all the time because I was fully human. So these guys just began to pour these truths into each other, these words of hope and truth in Jesus. So friends, that's why we talk about speaking the truths of Jesus into each other. The word we use a lot here at Redemption is gospel fluency, learning to speak the language of the gospel to each other. This is how we grow, by speaking the truths of Jesus into each other. The areas where we have brokenness in our marriage, brokenness in our sexuality, brokenness in areas where we don't love those who are not like us. We don't love the vulnerable or the powerless. We have areas where our wounds and pains go so deep and we need people that can walk alongside us and pour good news there. And Redemption Church, we obviously need to grow in this as a church. We all need to grow in this. And what's interesting is some of us here have no problem speaking the truth. Some of us here, it's very easy to tell people the truth. Other people, you have a really hard time being truthful. You have a really hard time being honest and truthful and bringing the truth to people. And the goal isn't got to find some balance. The goal is to do both. Be someone who can speak the truth and be someone who knows when do I speak? or Maybe when do I just listen? We want Redemption Church to be a place where people can share the worst about themselves and still be loved because we are a community that speaks Jesus into each other. So how do we change? By speaking the truths of Jesus into each other. So let's go to close now with some practical, uh, some practical considerations for us this morning. If you think about it, if growth is about reclaiming a true image of who we are, then wouldn't it make sense to say, well, if that's how we grow, then how do we find ways to reinforce who we are? What would be ways, what would be means that we could gather around us to say, these things are going to help me be reinforced in who I am? What are ways that we can be reminded of who we are? Well, first way I want us to consider is by asking people to actually be in our lives and speak in our, into our lives. And what's, what's interesting is I was kind of chewing on this one. It's like, well, yeah, like obviously, like we all just assume, right, that if people see something in our life, they're going to tell us, right? Someone sees a character deficiency in me, well, they're going to tell me, right? Nope. That is not how it works, which means you need to ask people. You need to regularly be asking people, what are you seeing in my life? What am I blind to? What am I not seeing that I'm missing that's a blind spot? Think about that. Regularly inviting people in to give input. In one sense, think about grabbing your friends by their lapel, by their collar, and saying, I need 
you to talk about my life to me. I need to grow. I am blind. In church, again, there's a big difference between saying, well, I mean, I'm open to people. If people have something to tell me, they can tell me, versus saying, no, I'm going to pursue people and say, please, I'm pleading with you, speak into my life. That's what we need. That is a major area of where and how we can grow. Because what's interesting is, it's one of the major ways the Spirit's going to speak to you, is through other people. A second way we grow is by doing the same thing with the Spirit. We need to regularly be asking and depending on the Spirit to show us things. We need to regularly, daily be asking the Spirit to show us where we're blind, to show us where we are not seeing things clearly. We need to ask the Spirit to show us where we're not remembering our identity of who we are. In one of my favorite sections of Scripture, the initial chapters of 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is lifted. Now where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces, we behold, we contemplate the Lord's glory as we're being transformed into what? Into his image. With ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Did you catch that? We are being transformed in ever-increasing ways by what we contemplate, by what we behold. And it is the Spirit who shows us, here's what you're looking at for change. Here's what you think is going to change you. Is that Jesus or is that a cheap substitute? The Spirit shows us that, friends. He shows us that, but are we going to ask him to do that? Are we going to wake up and go into our day saying, Spirit, I need you. Spirit, I need you to talk to me. Spirit, you're a person. You are God. You are here with me now. Would you show me where I'm blind? Another way, kind of concluding way that we can grow is through committing ourselves to practices. What's interesting is when you think about growing as a Christian, we often just jump to practices. We often just jump to... Are you reading your Bible every day? What are you memorizing for scripture? Are you fasting? All super good things. But what happens if we just jump there, but don't first remember, wait a minute, why am I trying to grow in the first place? Is this to please people? Is this to just conform to a standard? Or is it because I want to show what Jesus is like? So last way that we can grow is through committing ourselves to helpful practices. And as it relates to practices, we've already been covering them these last three weeks. Practices of gathering, practices of giving, practices of going. Things like our Sunday morning gatherings, things like missional community gatherings. You better well believe that those things are important, church. You better well believe that those things are how we grow. If you're not engaged regularly in Sunday gatherings or missional community gatherings, either virtually or by showing up to places, well, I'd love to hear how you think you're growing. Because apart from those common means of grace, we don't grow in isolation, church. I want you to hear that really, really clearly. Without those things, we don't grow. We need to be engaged in life with other people, not just hanging out and talking about football scores. 
but actually saying, where are the truths of Jesus pressing into your life? As Scott and I have been talking about over these last couple of weeks, we want to be a people who embody a culture of deep, deep discipleship. We want to be a people where things like Bible studies, personal devotional times, spending intentional times of gathering in prayer, in meditation, you absolutely better believe that we are going to be talking about those things a lot, that those things are going to begin to be instilled even deeper into the culture of our church. But why? Because that reinforces who we are. Not because we're trying to change or, oh, we're just suddenly going to become spiritual people. No, we want to be people who know who we are. So we want to have practices around us that reinforce, that build us up into who we are. Think about like, I heard this analogy one time, like think about those like massive old cathedrals that have those huge wooden like stone pillars, they're called buttresses, holding up the actual walls. Like think about like Notre Dame has these huge buttresses holding up the cathedral. Those things are the practices of our life that are continually keeping us in place of who we are. And to be honest, we have not talked about those things very much over the last couple of years. And we recognize that. Scott and I recognize that, that that has not been an area that we have talked a lot about, about practices. And you can bet that's going to change, though, that we're going to begin talking much more about those things. And I just want to say that if you want help reading your Bible, if you want help, like, with your prayer life, like, I don't know how to pray. I look at this Bible and flip it open and I'm in Leviticus and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll try to read this. Please, please let us know. We want to meet with you. We want to sit with you. There are a few things that would give me more joy or Scott more joy, or honestly, the person sitting next to you more joy than to say, hey, can we grab breakfast and talk about how to read our Bibles? Could we get a meal or could I come sit on your couch and just say like, I don't even know where to begin. Friends, let's do this. So if you have questions about even how to begin reading your Bible or how to pray, please don't hesitate to ask myself or Scott or honestly, probably anybody you're even sitting next to or even that you know, okay? Let's not be lazy, but let's ask for help. So as we go to close right now, What's interesting is you might be aware right now of all the areas where you're not growing. You might be very vividly aware, even as I'm talking about growth and why we grow and how we grow, you might be very aware in feeling the weight and shame and maybe even hopelessness of why and where you're not growing. Here's what I want to tell you as we go to close and before we sing. I want to encourage you that right now, the reality is you probably are growing, but it's just not the areas you want in. Think about that. You probably are growing as a follower of Jesus, but it's probably found in the areas of sin and weakness and temptation and failure. Might not be the areas you think you need to grow in, but you are growing. We often have our uh, little pet areas of like, well, I'm going to work on this. This year, my resolution, I'm going to grow in this. But often the Spirit says, that's cool, but I want you to grow here. And he's not doing that to frustrate us. He's doing that to make us like Jesus. 
So God, through his spirit, has probably been highlighting areas you need to grow, even in this sermon. And honestly, it's probably in areas of pain and weakness and temptation right now that you're thinking. He's wanting to grow you there. And he's going to keep showing up and helping you, especially as you rely on the Spirit, and especially as you ask other people into that. Because Redemption Church, our growth in Jesus is about our joy. Our joy is at stake here, the joy of knowing who we are. Because he wants us to grow up into our real, authentic selves. Which again, just almost sounds like, wait, what do you say? It almost sounds weird to say. But in Jesus, we actually discover who we really are. How he's gifted us. How he's wired us. How he doesn't want us to be like everybody else. He wants us to be who he's made us to be. This is why we grow. So let's be a people committed to knowing who we are which will directly impact how and why we grow.